Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. You wanted it, you got it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first ever Thursday edition of the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. I'm Kyle Faulkner here, as always, with my co-host Jeff Faulkner. Jeff, twice in one week, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, it's I was saying to you right before we got on here. I'm it's I'm in a weird mood right now. Like I'm kind of bitter at the world. We got like catfished on a puppy on Kijiji and well, dogfished, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, it's like it's just frustrating. You can't trust your fellow human. And uh, but football's here to distract me. And I'm hoping a good weekend of fantasy football and will uh, will will brighten my mood. Well, and here's hoping that we, uh, you know, get through a good weekend of football unscathed. Uh, we all want to trust people. We all want to trust our players to, uh, you know, be available on our roster. We all want to trust when they tell us what to do and what not to do. And uh, we don't always get our wish. We've we've had some injuries, some illnesses pop up uh, in the last 24 or 48 hours since we last spoke. And uh, even tonight, uh, the game's going on right now. I don't have it on at the moment, but uh, Aaron Jones, who all week long we heard about how Aaron Jones wasn't going to be available. Aaron Jones was limited. Don't play him. Okay, maybe he's going to play, but he's going to be on a snap count. He was tearing it up, and across you know all the leagues that I play in, the Aaron Jones owners had him sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, especially with the, the short week. I mean, in our league in particular, Craig benched him, but he's got, you know, some really solid replacements where he's got the luxury of putting a player like that on his bench this week. And he's also kind of on a bye week, so he can take some risks. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of frustrating when you, you feel like the coaches are telling you one thing and then the opposite happens at kickoff. Yeah, well, like you said, Craig's on a bye week. Lucky him. Real loser could ever lose to Christian's team, right? Well, I don't think has that ever happened. Is Christian? Anyways, let's move on. Uh, I'll have to check the records. I can't remember. I've been drinking a lot lately, but let's see. <laughs> All right, well, uh, folks, we're gonna we're gonna move along. We've got some different things we're talking about. Obviously, um, we're gonna look ahead to this week in the NFL. We're gonna look ahead to this week in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But first, we do have some news and notes, as we mentioned from the last couple of days, some updates and uh, some new things to talk about. Um, so one of the big injuries that popped up, we did mention it, but now it's official. Uh, Miles Gaskin on the Dolphins, he's going to be out for at least three weeks. Uh, he was placed on IR yesterday, I believe, um, with that pop-up knee injury. And I'm not sure that it's actually in the notes, but today I saw that uh, Matt Breida, who was expected to take over that starting role, he is also going to be out this week on injury. Um, so it looks like Jordan Howard may be, uh, may be the guy. Um, we had a couple of teams uh, with positive COVID testing. Uh, Houston and Chicago, as of today, both had shut down their facilities completely. Um, I haven't heard anything. I'm not sure if you have Jeff as to, uh, any changes to the schedule. I think they're still planning, um, you know, based on testing results to go ahead. I have not heard anything. And it almost feels like the NFL's going to be in a little more stubborn than they were earlier in the year. And, and just like tonight's game, for instance, I can't believe they're being, they're playing this game tonight, but, uh, here we are. It's halftime. And, uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything as regards to Houston or Chicago schedules being changed or any other games for Sunday thus far. 
Yeah, so uh, fingers crossed, but everybody listening, make sure you're you're keeping your eye on your roster, keeping your eye on the fantasy news, and uh, maybe have maybe have a quick glance at your waiver wire just to see what your options might be if you do have to pivot to somebody else. Um, you mentioned the game tonight. San Francisco and Green Bay are playing right now. Uh, San Francisco was already completely decimated by injuries all year. We've talked about it. Uh, no Mostert, no Coleman, no Jeff Wilson, no Debo Samuel, no Jimmy Garoppolo, and no George Kittle. But they also now have no Kendrick Bourne. Their wide receiver tested positive for COVID and was put into uh, the protocol. And then because of the close contact... Um, because of the close contact rule, we also had Brandon Ayuk, who was expected to be um, a huge contributor, a huge target hog with all those other players out, and uh, one of their best O-linemen, Trent Williams. So they've had to shuffle things around. I heard uh, somebody talking earlier tonight, they have one of their tackles playing center, or one of their guards playing center, which is a big adjustment. Um, and they've got a young guy filling in a tackle for Williams and uh, just across the board, fill-in players. Um, a guy that we didn't expect, I mentioned it in the in the opening there, but Aaron Jones was not supposed to be available for tonight's game, or at least that's the news that we had when we recorded on Tuesday. Um, but he looked all right when, from what I saw, so hopefully uh, for you Aaron Jones owners out there, he's he's back and he's ready to keep going, even if he didn't play him this week. If he can stay healthy, he could be a league winner for you. Um, and one more uh, COVID announcement. This one affects your team. Yeah. I know, Jeff. Matthew Stafford. Uh, for some reason, there's no one else, or not for some reason, but I haven't heard of anyone else on uh, Detroit so far. But he was he was put into the COVID protocol. He's separated from the team. He's not practicing. He's not in facilities, not in meetings. However, uh, from what I understand, there is an option where he could be available. He won't travel with the team on Saturday, obviously. But if all of his tests come back negative and he clears protocol by Sunday morning, apparently there's an option for the uh, Lions to send him by private jet to Minnesota where he can you know, basically walk in and start the game as usual without uh, any of the prep work over the last Well, it doesn't sound like Dylan believes in uh, Matthew Stafford's chances of uh, dealing your pooch there. He's, yeah, he's a no, yeah. Stafford's chances. And, uh, yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. Apparently, he's uh, one of these close contact situations. And I'm remaining positive he's going to be playing. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he plays without reps in the game script. I'm sure he's, you know, in Zoom meetings and all this. But uh, – yeah, it's unfortunate this is happening. I did roster Chase Daniels today. I'm not excited about it, and uh, I really, really hope I don't have to play him. Uh, there is some more news and notes to cover, though, including more guys on my roster. Alvin Kamara popped up on the injury report today with a foot injury. They say it's minor, but and he's expected to play against the Bucks. but, you know, you never want to see a running back with foot injuries. Those are pretty important for what he does on the field. Uh, Zeke, we mentioned him on Tuesday. We were talking about how, you know, maybe he's not feeling the season and something might, you know, he might tweak something or – or, you know, not be 100%, and it could cause him some time because of the way the Cowboys' season has gone, and he's already uh, limited in practice. Uh, I don't know if, you know, that's just, you know, limiting some of his wear and tear throughout the year, and this is kind of a, a early week practice thing for him uh, throughout the rest of his career here. But, uh, yeah, it's something to monitor before Sunday. Um, Chris Carson, they basically say he's not going to do anything football-related until Friday to the Seahawks signed another running back in Alex Collins to their practice squad. Sounds like uh, Carlos Hyde's not going to be ready to play at all. And uh, Chris Carson, who knows? I mean, he's one of the toughest guys in the league, but we don't know 
what he's going to be able to do until tomorrow at earliest. And uh, that doesn't even, you know, I don't feel too confident even on Sunday, depending on what, what they say about Friday. Yeah, he was pretty close this past week, I know. Um, I was watching that situation closely, obviously. He was a uh, game-time decision on Sunday, and they ultimately decided not to do it. Um, I know that Travis Homer, uh, the third-string running back, is going to be healthy this week. They've already announced that. So if he can't go, it'll be some combination of Homer and DJ Dallas. Uh, I mean, but as far load. as the Seahawks, as long as they got number three under center, he's slinging it to Metcalf and Lockett, they're going to be fine. Um Mark Ingram is still not practicing and, you know, they had their bye week before this past week and people kind of thought coming out of that, he'd be ready. He's still not practicing, which is great news for Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins owners. And uh, both those guys look pretty good against the Steelers. And if they get another chance to, to, you know, carry the workload without Ingram in the picture, it's going to be tough for Ingram to get back into the fold. I think because uh, both guys are younger and they seem to be more explosive. Well, and that's good news for you and I because we're the Gus Edwards well, look and at J.K. That. Dobbins. Uh, Michael right Thomas, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what how much stock to put in this. He's back to practice, but it sounds like he's kind of in a limited role. Um, I don't know what to say, man. His season has been so up and down, mostly down. I don't know until the night. Like, they play Sunday night, right? So do you leave a spot with him in it because he's so great? Or do you fill it and, and just hope he plays and then see? Because, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough spot for Henniger there and anybody else that owns Michael Thomas. But, you know, you don't want to monitor that as that game approaches. Yeah, it's really tough for sure, especially because um, the Monday night game is featuring the uh, illustrious offenses of the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. So not a lot of options you'd really want to uh, have on standby there. Um, I do believe that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be back. I saw he's out of the COVID protocol and he's healthy. Um, so you could check your waiver wires depending on your league. Um, if you didn't have a COVID spot or if that was being used for someone else, then Sanders may be somebody you could flip to in the case that Thomas doesn't play. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough well, I even heard today sure. that Drew Brees was kind of off to the side at practice today and, and he's got something up with his shoulder. I'm sure he's going to be playing, but he may not be 100%. And, you know, guys that you know depend on the deep pass in that offense, it might not be there Sunday. So keep an eye on that as well. Uh, Sammy Watkins is back at practice. Um, I don't know if anybody really gives a care, but I mean, when he plays, he, he you know, he can go for 70 yards and a touchdown any week because he's got the best quarterback on the planet. Um, Chris Godwin also back at practice. He only went through the walkthrough. It's too, too, uh, too soon to tell what's going to happen with him. You may, you know, he might be pushing it because AB's in town now and, and AB's expected to play Sunday. So maybe Godwin's, you know, just trying to make a presence and don't forget about me while I'm gone kind of thing. But, uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a finger injury on that's pretty important for receivers. So you have to monitor that as well. Uh, speaking of back of practice, though, the number one fantasy pick in most leagues this year, Kristen McCaffrey, who has been out since week two with that high ankle sprain, he's back at practice and he looks to be good. He looks like his old self here. And um, you know, they got a big game against the Chiefs. And obviously, if they want to hang with the Chiefs, they need uh, number 22 to be in the mix. Um, Calvin Ridley he still hasn't practiced with that you know, foot ankle injury. We're not sure exactly what's going on there. Uh, he has had the extra time since he played, got hurt on a Thursday night, but Still not uh, not too sure what he's going to do this week, if he's going to be able to go. And then the Cowboys, they're, they're officially starting Cooper Rush. Um, I don't know. Ben DiNucci got a cup of coffee, Woo! and, uh, you know, he gets to tell his kids and his grandkids he played in the NFL, but I don't think we're going to see him again. And, yeah, I think the Steelers are going to eat up Cooper Rush. So I would move all the Cowboys down in the rankings. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck starting Amari Cooper this week and I'm not thrilled about it, so, but you know, I mean, he's going to be throwing it somewhere. Hopefully and I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's tough for sure. Like talent wise, you know, that Cooper is the guy and he, he can be a magnet. Um, it, I guess it depends the role that they put him in um, this week. It could be, it could be uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end. Sometimes you see young quarterbacks just relying because, you know, he's going to be under pressure and he's going to need to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. But uh, I think that they've got a tough matchup going up against the Steelers no matter what. And I think that ultimately the goal for this week for the Cowboys might just be keep everybody else healthy and get through the week so that uh, so that Andy Dalton can come back and hopefully – try to turn this but if you're cooper rush why not just sling it you know what i mean you know the red rocket's coming back next week this is probably your last start of your life why not just force passes and and and, i mean not you know what i mean but open it up because you really got nothing to lose well and you know what i will say this it's not exactly as though dalton was setting the world on fire so if somehow he comes up against this stout pittsburgh defense and you know even if they don't win the game if he has success if he's not turning the ball over, if he's making good passes, if he's controlling the offense, maybe he's not having his last start. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's kind of seizing an opportunity that wasn't there a week wow. ago. Cooper to Cooper connection, it's too nice to say it for it not to be true. I'm, I'm throwing that out in the universe. Hopefully Cooper to Cooper happens and the Steelers still win by 30. Yeah. I tried to go for the Dalton to Dalton connection, but it didn't really Thanks. happen for me, so. Hopefully Cooper to Cooper is better for you. All right. Well, let's talk about some uh, let's talk about some matchups here. We've got uh, we've got the Thursday night football game going on right now. Um, yes, I know the score, but Jeff can verify this. I have my I have my picks for these games in this morning. So regardless of whatever, well, I don't actually know the score right this moment, but uh, regardless of the score, I have my pick in. Um, coming into this game, we thought that the Packers were going to be on their fourth string running back because of, um, because of the other two guys being out with COVID and with close proximity, but Jones is rocking and rolling. So Tyler Irvin, not your night yet, I guess. Um, the Niners are on the fourth string, everything. (laughs) These guys are, they're, they're just scouring California. You know, the wildfire victims are saying, hey, if you want a place to stay, come to our locker room. But the deal is you have to put on pads and go up against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, good for them for putting in an effort. But ultimately, I'm going to say. Well, I love that you had to clarify that you got your pick in before uh, the game started. But we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, dummy O, dummy D, dummy everything. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on the Packers (laughs) pick. And uh, I do know the score. It's 21-3 at the half. And, I mean, it's just not a fair matchup. The 49ers are just beat up uh so moving on to, yeah sorry go ahead so yeah yeah so I'm are you gonna the take the packers, yeah, before take the packers. <laughs> okay, uh good. jump into the next matchup it's uh you know it should be a fun game on paper uh, there's a lot of big names we got two solid quarterbacks and uh both teams are in the playoff picture and you know contenders for potentially a super bowl we got the seahawks at the bills and uh like we said earlier chris carson's a maybe in this game josh allen's been struggling but the seahawks defense is pretty bad so if he can turn it around this week for sure, and he can do it in a big way. And we all know that Russ Wilson is cooking. Um, I'm going with the – you know what? I'm kind of torn on this one. My gut's tell me right now the Bills are just going to piece together a big win here. It's all going to come together and click. And, you know, I'm taking the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills at home versus the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. Well, we're on opposite sides on this one. I'm going Seahawks. I think uh, even with their defense – 
their offense is just too good, especially if Carson's back. Uh, they're going to have the ball for 40 minutes, and I can see Wilson having one of his, uh, you know, MVP caliber type games. Well, so, it's, yeah, I mean, it happens. hinges on Josh Allen, uh, sure, right. right? I should oh. uh, sort of cut you off, but yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, this is, you know, if ever there's a week that he's going to get it going, it's going to be this one, the, the high-scoring game and a bad defense on the other side. This is this is kind of make-it-or-break-it time for the Bills, especially if they want to win that division and, uh, you know, have some success that they haven't had for a few years. Um, all right, next up on the docket, uh, we've got the Panthers versus the Chiefs. And the big story in this one, we already mentioned it, Christian McCaffrey. This could be the week, it sounds like. He's in practice, he's running, he's doing a little light contact, and he looks good. Um, the Chiefs are coming off of their uh, their double-bye game. They played the Jets last week, so they're well-rested, except for Mahomes' throwing shoulder uh, with those five touchdowns that he was handing out like Oprah handing out gift baskets, but uh, they're rolling. Um, the Panthers though have, you know, they've been up and down this year. I'm interested to see what their offense looks like with the element of McCaffrey, but uh, I'm going to have to go with. Yeah. The sorry. Which running back did you say might be back for the Panthers? It doesn't matter. McCaffrey? Which running back is playing oh. for the Panthers. Uh, Casey is going to. I thought I made <laughs> no, it. Uh, yeah. The chiefs are rolling. I think they win this game. I mean, the, the Panthers do play well. They do try their best to, to not give up the big plays, so maybe they can keep it close. And if McCaffrey does do what he, you know, he usually does, it, it could be a fun matchup. But I think the Chiefs win for sure. Perfect. I thought I put my foot in my mouth like <laughs> oh, no. uh, earlier this week when I was talking. I, when I looked ahead to Dallas Goddard and said that uh, Oakland was right. playing for Dallas, no, I thought I pulled no, one I of those. To get a little rock reference yep. in there. Um, <laughs> our next matchup is in another fun game. It should be, anyways. Um, the Falcons and the Broncos, uh, you know, the Broncos are coming off that huge comeback against the Chargers last week, winning on the last play. Drew Locke looked like the quarterback that they thought he was going to be and hope he is. Uh, and the Falcons also took care of business last week against Carolina. So uh, that was on Thursday Night Football. So they've got a little bit extra rest here. Like we said, we don't know if Calvin Ridley is going to be in the picture. Um, but I think I like what the Falcons are doing here after the coaching change. And um, I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, hopefully Atlanta's uh, tendency to blow humongous leads is over, and I think they're going to take care of business again this week. All right, uh, this next matchup, this is actually a big one. Um, we've got the Baltimore Ravens coming off their tough, tough loss to the Steelers last week. They're looking to get the train back on the tracks. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who we talked about on Tuesday, they're very sneakily uh, tied with – Tennessee for the division lead um, Rivers had a good game uh, a couple of their running backs not Taylor but uh, Wilkins and Hines had a good game um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen um, with these two good defenses uh, who can get it going but I think this is the I think this is the get right game even though the Colts have been pretty stout up front I think that we're going to see more more uh, yardage running by Lamar I think we're going to see him try to give some oil to that squeaky wheel, Hollywood so. Brown. Um, you know, I think this is their their opportunity to to kind of reestablish themselves and silence all the haters. So I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm well, this Ravens. one is tricky too because, like we mentioned on Tuesday, the Ravens have a lot of guys that are in the, the COVID protocol right now. And if, if there's seven, seven starters on defense from what I understand. So if those guys aren't in the picture, that's that changes everything. Um, but I, I do think – you know what? I don't know. I'm flipping and flopping on this one, to be honest with you. I mean, the Colts, they have a much better defense than people talk about. 
Uh, Darius Leonard's back, and he uh, he played his first game back last week, and he was all over the place like he usually is. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. My gut's telling me the Colts. I'm going to go with Indy on this one. And I don't know if that's just, you know, wishful thinking because it gives the Steelers more breathing room in the division. But uh, until the Ravens prove to me that they can throw the ball, I just I feel like they're beatable, and uh, the Colts are a good enough defense to – to make them make the make them do that. So yeah, I'm taking Indy. That's fair. I think with most of those Ravens guys, as long as their tests keep coming back negative, they should be uh, fine to play. But that's definitely something that Bears watching um, as we get into the week. I wish that was a segue into the Bears game, but uh, we don't have that one next on the list here. We're going to talk about the New York <laughs> Football Giants and the Washington Football Team. Uh, you know, in their division game, those are always fun. And usually pretty tight games. I mean, these are two of the most exciting offenses you'll ever watch. But they do have players that, that uh, you know, can go off at any time. The Giants surprised the Bucks on Monday. I, I think I mentioned I thought that was kind of a, you know, a trap game for the Bucks, And they ended up getting the win. But uh, the Giants played better than I expected. And uh, the Washington football team is seems to be moving the ball better with Kyle Allen under center. And uh, I'm really hoping this is the Antonio Gibson breakout, post-buy breakout game and, and and it puts himself on the map as one of the top fantasy running backs in the league. Um, it's going to be a tight game, but I'm taking the Washington football team because I think they have a much better defense than the Giants do. And uh, and Daniel Jones is, you know, he turns the ball over so easily. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, they've got a good pass rush. Uh, now the Giants O-line did do a good job um, protecting Jones for the most part against really one of the best defensive fronts in the league on Monday night. But uh, I think offensively, the football team, even though you don't think of them as a powerhouse, they do have a few pieces that can really help them. Terry McLaurin, one of the best wide receivers in the league already in his second season. Um, you know, Kyle Allen is a competent quarterback. He's not going uh, to throw up 45 fantasy points, but he can protect the ball. He can get the ball downfield when he needs to. And then in the backfield, they've got uh, your boy Gibson there. And then they've also got a guy who I had as our Rudy of the Week a few weeks ago, uh, McKissick. He's a good receiving back. Um, he gives them a little security blanket underneath when they need it. And I think that the Giants D might just be overwhelmed with those different phases of the game. So I'm going football team as well. All right. Speaking of football teams, <laughs> we've got two football teams. That's in our next pretty good. Up. Pretty How's good. That for a segue. Yeah, these are a couple of old school teams, another divisional matchup, um, the Lions versus the Vikings. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. The major story here, Stafford, is he in or is he out? Um, that's going to dictate a lot of what's happening. The Lions are already missing Galladay. We talked earlier about the potential for Marvin Jones to be, uh, to be a good starter, to be a big player for them. Uh, the last time we saw Dalvin Cook, he was running around like a, like a man on fire and He's going to be looking to do the same, but the Lions defense actually hasn't been quite as bad as they were at the start of the season. I think um, even with Stafford in, this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough one for the Lions. Uh, the Vikings offense is rolling a bit, so I'm going. Yeah, I agree. Minnesota. I think this one is, um, you know, like we said, division games are usually tight. The teams know each other pretty well, but I think the trajectory of both these teams is going in opposite directions. And, uh, you know, the Vikings are coming off that huge win over Green Bay last week. And the Lions are really banged up. Even, like you said, if Stafford's in, I mean, he's not with the team all week and he doesn't have his number one receiver if he is playing. So, And it sounds like even you know TJ Hawkinson might be banged up and not 100%. So I think the Vikings are going to win this game, and I think, uh, I think they're going to win it pretty easily, to be honest. 
Yeah, I did hear something today with Hawkinson. I saw that. Um, I'm not sure if we added him to the injury report or not, but uh, apparently it's more of a stubbed toe than a serious toe injury, so he does plan on being part of it. And uh, one thing I forgot to bring up is it really it really will come down as well to Detroit being able to get their running game going. We saw a lot of promise out of Swift um, a few weeks ago, or Smith, yeah, I believe, amazing. as I called him back then. But... Uh, you know, the Vikings defense is struggling a little bit up front. And uh, if they can, if Detroit can get something going, if whether it's Peterson or carry on or, uh, or Swift Smith, whoever he is, if one of those guys can start uh, piling up some yardage, that that's really going to help the lions get this game in hand. But well, I, yeah, I well, know, exactly. Especially with <laughs> so much uncertainty with Stafford. Uh, another vision game. We're going to preview here is uh, the Texans and the Jaguars. I mean, it's not exciting as far as, playoff contenders and uh um i mean i don't know if you realize last tuesday was the uh the most exciting day in sports where the nfl trade deadline where just you know moves are happening all over the place and no not at all it was uh the day hot was peaked with wolf fuller rumors being traded to the green bay packers but uh, he ended up staying with uh, the texans and deshaun watson's still got his toy for the rest of the year um the jags are starting I think I saw on the Roto World update it said Garner Minshew thumb slash scapegoat was the reason he's out. I I read that. That is one of the most brilliant and scathing pieces of uh, sports journalism I've read in a long time because they, they said the injury was thumb slash scapegoat and then they went on to say that the Jaguars were trying to blame Minshew for their total lack of offense, defense, special teams. And well, yes, yeah, I mean, it's too bad. But either way, it is what it is. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting because this Luton, they're <laughs> saying they're going to open up the offense with them under center. And DJ Chark owners, that's music to their ears because he's not been happy. He's not been what you drafted thus far. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they connect this week and uh, what actually happens with the new quarterback under center. Um, but since it is a new quarterback under center, I'm going to take the Texans in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that uh, the Jags offensive line is poor enough and the Texans pass rush is good enough that they're, they're just going to send everything they've got at a rookie quarterback in his first start. That's, you know, defense one Oh one. Um, I'm interested to see what Luton's able to do. I'm interested to see if he uh, diminishes the value of James Robinson at all, or uh, if he's able to kind of connect with, uh, with the receiving core there with Cole and uh, Chark. But I'm going to, I'm going to say that Watson keeps working his magic and the Texans are going to win this one. Oh man. What's that smell? Did you Uh, just rip one? (laughs) Did you have eggs? Did you have uh, eggs for dinner? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, there's something. Sorry. Sorry, everybody at home. There's just something real foul. I'm not sure. It could be Jeff or it could be uh, the Chicago Ooh. Bears offense because uh, they are doo-doo <laughs> as it goes. They are. Uh, they are I'm over here smelling my armpits. Like, Man, what's going on? Like, we're sitting apart. <laughs> they are among the top teams in the league in terms of wins and losses. But if you've had the uh, unfortunate displeasure of watching them play football, it is almost unbelievable that they have a single win the way that their offense moves the ball. I feel bad for a guy like David Montgomery because they keep feeding him the ball. Um, he's had a lot of targets since Tariq Cohen's been out. But it's just like the play calling is awful. 
the the schemes they drop are awful. Some of the talent is awful. The quarterback doesn't matter what names on the back of the jersey. It's been awful. You know, Foles has been so bad. They're talking about bringing Trubisky back. Now I just read Trubisky hurt his shoulder. He's going to be out for a number of weeks. So I guess it's still Foles. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, their defense has been so fantastic that they're getting it done. They're staying close in games. Um, But in this one, the Titans are coming off back-to-back tough losses. They were an undefeated team a couple weeks ago that people talked about as one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, Corey Davis is starting to do work. AJ AJ Brown is back and healthy. Um, I'm not sure I would start Tannehill in this game just because of the – the defense that he's facing, but I think that, you know, he'll manage the game and get things done. And I think they're going to be trying to lean a lot on Derrick Henry. Um, but I think the Titans are going to get it done. I'm going Titans. Yeah, I am too. One. I know I'm almost strictly because they're coming off the loss to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals last week. And I mean, nothing against Joe Burrow, but that was, must've been an embarrassing loss for the Titans team who is, has Super Bowl aspirations. Um, yeah, the Bears offense, like you said, Trubisky's hurt, so it's fulls or bust, and uh, it's bust, basically, because, I mean, I own Allen Robinson. He seems to get some garbage time yards, and he finds the end zone, at, you know, at, enough to be a WR1 every week, but it's hard to watch. The the play calling, it just seems obvious, you know. Uh, I talked to Todd quite a bit. He's a massive Bears fan, and uh, it's just crazy to both of us how Matt Nagy went from this offensive guru two years ago, two years ago to somebody who makes the most obvious play calls and, and you just, you wonder how we got this role. So uh, yeah, I think the Titans after the two losses come out angry and play uh, a full four quarters and just, they kind of dominate this game on both sides. Yeah, uh, next game with, yeah. is, uh, it should be a fun one. I mean, the chargers, you never know what you're going to get. Herbert has been lighting the world on fire. I think he's the top five fantasy quarterback in our league and in all leagues right now. He's uh they're not doing finding wins, but he has been playing amazing. Uh, Justin Jackson has taken over the the backfield in the absence of Beckler and uh, and the Chargers. They you know they put up points. They got Mike Williams, they got Keenan Allen, they got Hunter Henry, they got all kinds of weapons. It's just they can't seem to stop the other team, which makes for exciting fantasy football and exciting football games. And the the Vegas Raiders are coming to town, and they're coming off a big win over the Browns last week, and you know that monsoon they played in. Um, but Carr has been pretty good the last, you know, even couple of years. I mean, last year he had his best year of his career, statistic-wise, and he's been sneaky good this year. Um, this is going to be a tough game, but I think, you know, what I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I think the it just it doesn't feel like the Raiders are going to the Raiders to me don't win the games that you feel like are gimmies. And uh, yeah, I think the Chargers are going to win this one. They're going to just hopefully they don't get a 17 point lead. <laughs> yeah they don't uh you don't want to go for four in those um i'm going the other way i'm going to go with the raiders the Chargers have been great they're facing a defense that gives up a ton of passing yards in vegas but uh vegas is also facing a defense that gives up a ton of passing yards i think uh i think after the disappointment of last week with the the inclement weather car is going to be looking to sling the ball I think Ruggs is going to have a big game. I think your uh, Rudy of the Week last week, Nelson Aguilar, is going to have a big game. And I'm really, fingers crossed, hoping that my boy uh, Josh Jacobs has a big game and they just keep feeding him the rock and he just keeps piling up the yards. So okay, there we go. Raiders. We were on both sides of... Yeah, well, this one, I'm I'm pretty sure we're both going to be on the same side of this one. It's our, uh, it's our guilty pleasure. It's our... our most favoritist team 
the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the, uh, you know, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, pretty quick on this one, Steelers are good, Cowboys are bad. It's uh, Cooper Rush's first game, and I mentioned earlier, football defense 101 says send everything you got at the rookie quarterback. There is no team that does that like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Over the last two decades, whenever they've had a rookie quarterback in his first start, second start, first season, whatever, they are coming at him often, early, quick, Delayed blitzes, tricky looks. They're going to be trying to eat this kid alive. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am away. taking the Steelers as well. But, I mean, I love Coach T. But there's been games where we play down to our opponents. And I'm kind of nervous that – I don't know. I, I'm not nervous that we're going to lose the game. But I feel like it's going to be tighter than people are expecting. I wish I knew what the spread was coming into tonight. Because I feel like it's going to be tighter than we're expecting. But, uh, yeah, the Steelers are going to win this one. Our defense is too good. And I was so happy to see that Cam Hayward was a full participant in practice right at the start of this week because uh, mm-hmm. it didn't look good at the end of that Ravens game. And he is, you know, a crucial part of that defense. Yeah, we've lost a couple pieces already. We yeah, so I'll take the Steelers in that one. So. Uh, we got this, you know, we got an exciting game Ooh. as far as young quarterbacks and, you know, the future of the league. Uh, with the Dolphins play, facing the Cardinals this week, um, you know we talked about Tua winning his first game. He didn't do much as far as stats, but they got the W. The Cards are coming off their bye, and you know Kyler Murray is rolling. Uh, no Gaskin for the Dolphins. I don't think this game is going to be close, even though the Dolphins' defense is playing a lot better than a lot of people thought they would, and uh, they're, they're, they might keep him in the game longer than than people expect. But I think the Cardinals are going to pull this one out and prove to everybody in the league that they are you know a legitimate contender. In the in that not only in that division but maybe even further. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's got his team doing good things. Uh, Kyler Murray's had a couple of shaky starts, but ultimately he's he's becoming the leader that his team's looking for. He and Hopkins are more and more getting onto the same page. Uh, we've got Chase Edmonds coming out of the backfield. This is his week to uh, kind of prove what he's got. Maybe before Drake comes back. And, uh, yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to roll. Sorry, yeah. Dolphins. Sorry, Tua. Yeah, it is. One and one's good, though. Yeah, well, we got a, got a real exciting one Sunday night. Uh, we've got two, two legends, two future Hall of Famers facing off against each other for the second time this season. Tom Terrific, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Two guys going back and forth on the all-time touchdowns record we mentioned on Tuesday. Both of these teams are looking good, uh, but they both might look a little different than they have the last the last number of weeks. Michael Thomas might be back. Uh, Antonio Brown might be back in the league, back in the game. Um, I'm really interested to see who's going to hold that touchdown record after Sunday night because I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here. I think whoever holds that record after Sunday night is going to be the winning quarterback. And I, as much as I, as much as I ultimately want Brady to end up with the all-time record, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think Drew Brees is going to uh, feed Michael Thomas. I think he's going to use Kamara a lot in the passing game. I think they're going to. This get one I'm torn. I'm like right down the middle. I think I'm going to choose the Bucks just because you didn't, and I don't. You know, I don't really have a good reason. Like both teams <laughs> are stacked on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, if the Saints are getting healthier and getting their guys back, that's a big boost for the team. But, yeah, I don't know. I just – I can't – do you remember who won week one? They faced off week one. I think the Saints won, didn't they? The Saints yeah, I don't won think they take one, both. Believe, I'm going to yeah. pick the Bucks in this one. 
And then, unfortunately, okay. you know, you don't want to kind of end on a high note when you do things, but <laughs> we didn't make the schedule this week. And Monday Night Football, <laughs> like Cal mentioned earlier, is is the New England Patriots against the New York Jets. And uh, if Cam doesn't do it this week, it's really going to get ugly in New England fast. And, uh, I mean, Sam Darnold's on the other side of the ball. is He's hurting. The team's still committed to him. They keep saying he's the quarterback of the future for the team. Um, but he's got, you know, not a lot of help around him. Mims kind of showed some flashes last week, but I don't know if you can rely on anybody there. Um, you know what? This might be one of those weeks where I say to my wife, yeah, you can have the TV on Monday night and just kind of bank a Monday for later in the season when it's a good <laughs> matchup. Um, if I had to choose a team, I'm going to choose the Patriots just because I can't choose the Jets. But I don't even want to pick either. <laughs> can we? Maybe I'll pick a tie in this. Maybe I'll pick a draw. Yeah, a draw, a no contest, literally. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I'm not a big fan of either the either of the squads of players going up against each other. Um, I think one thing that might help the Jets is if Jameson Crowder's healthy because he's shown that even with uh, even when he had Joe Flacco, he was a productive receiver and gave them an outlet they could pass the ball to over and over again. But um, you know, the big tiebreaker for me is coaching. We've got probably the best coach of all time uh, in Bill Belichick going up against uh, quite possibly yeah. one of the worst coaches of all time in Adam Gase. So that tilts the scales pretty pretty quickly to the Patriots. Yuck. <clears throat> Yuck is right, yeah. So, yeah, if you find anything good on TV, uh, get Chrissy to text me so that we can uh, I like maybe it. we'll have a watch party. All right. Well, now that we talked about those boring matchups, what do we say? Uh, we talked. Yeah, about let's do. It. Let's uh, preview the, the you know the league ahead and the league of extraordinary gentlemen, our our league of note. Yeah, and this uh, this first one's a big one. It's it's not two of the top ranked teams. It's the number one team against uh, a lower ranked team. But I think this this could be a closer matchup than than people think. We've got Juju's time to shine for Steve and a Falkalips now. That's your squad, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, if I'm if I'm speaking on behalf of the league, we like to keep things close. Hopefully it's Steve's time to shine this week. Um, the main thing that I'm going to be keeping an eye on are uh, for Steve's team, Philip Lindsay, who's been looking so good, but then came up on the injury report this week. Um, and then for your squad, like we mentioned, uh, Kamara's got the foot injury, although he says he'll be ready to go. And the big one could be Stafford. If he's good to go, you're you're feeling pretty good. But if he's sitting out, uh, that's going to be a big blow to your team. Um, I think it's going to be close, but uh, you know, I'll I'll show some nepotism. I'll give a Falkalips now. The well, I appreciate it because I am not confident. I mean, like nobody gives a care that the the first place team is worried about losing a matchup. But I really don't think this just this lines up bad for me i feel like uh, steve's defense he's got the steelers against the cowboys they could go off and put up a ton of points i mean he does start juju and big ben in the same week or in the same lineup so hopefully if the defense is doing it the they're not throwing it too much but i don't like a lot of my matchups i got some key guys on bye weeks um i don't know what stafford i'm picking steve in this one i'm just uh, maybe i'm doing it because i'm superstitious and i'm hoping that you know i don't want to i don't know i'm taking steve my gut has been saying it since last week just just like you and oh, no. uh, Christian last week, so I'm I'm picking Steve in this, and I. Well, that worked out well for me, so I'm sure that's <laughs> well, the well, thing to do. It's going to be interesting for sure. <laughs> I mean, I will be happy if the Steelers win, but I wouldn't care if they won six three. Um, next matchup we're going to preview is the team I beat last week, uh, who's currently in second place. That's Judge Judy, Kevin's team, 
And he's facing off against Tim with his PhD and all these wins he's not supposed to be getting. Um, Kevin's projected for a big win and uh, gauging by this, how the, the Packers game started this evening. Um, and he has Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I think he's going to win big. Um, Tim does have the CMC potentially coming back in the lineup, but I don't think he has the, the horses to pull off the upset in this one. I'm taking Kevin. You know what? I agree with a lot of what you said. And obviously Rogers is Rogers been doing work and he's throwing the ball well. And Adams is, you know, maybe the best receiver in the game right now, but uh, I'm going to give it to Tim. I think there's going to be a big, I think there's going to be a big uh, return for CMC. I think Russ is going to cook. I think that the Ravens are going to get right, and that me that might mean big things for Mark Andrews. So I, I'm keeping the faith. I'm going with I hate. Wow, you big Bakers upset so alert! We need like a horn or something Let's... for the upsets. Two already though. I like we it. do, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this one I'm interested to see what you're thinking here because uh, we've got Todd's team that we've talked about the Young Guns, the newly named Young Guns. Uh, he's got his his stable of rookie talent. And a guy who I believe every single week this season, we've specifically brought up his team um, because he's underperformed so much in the wins category. That's Chad with Chiefs Kingdom. He's on the verge of a loss season. If this one goes down the drain, he's going to be three and six. That's not where you want to be. Uh, he came in with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And before the season, looking at that, it's you just look at that and you're like, well, there's 80 points every week. But uh, just hasn't come to fruition. Lamar has not been performing, although that's a big thing to watch this week because we've we've said it's time to turn it around. Um, but for his team as well, we got to keep an eye on Calvin Ridley. If he's out, that's going to hurt him a lot for sure. And for Todd's team, he's got to keep an eye on Jonathan Taylor. He underperformed last week, and then after the game, we heard, well, maybe he's got a, you know, maybe sort of a foot injury. I don't know if that was just an excuse. But uh, that's something for Todd to keep an eye on. And Chad, if you're listening, one quick thing for you to keep an eye on is the fact that you've got two running backs in your lineup that do not need to be there. Ooh, Carlos Todd's Hyde is not, not like playing, this. and Green Hunt is not playing. Well, you know what? I'm a man of the people. This isn't the this isn't the fantasy <laughs> Todd podcast for heaven's sakes. But. He's also not going to like this. I think Chiefs Kingdom, even with the horrible, horrible projection, I think Chiefs Kingdom is going to get back on the right side. They're going to get really well. This is going to be a fun matchup because, like, it's four of the young quarterbacks in the league that you know are going to be studs. We got Herbert, Burrow, Lamar, and Kyler. You know, these guys are going to be fantasy relevant for years. And uh, this is a tight matchup. You know, you look at the projections coming into it; it's like a three-point difference right now, based on you know Chad's lineup with the holes in it and. I don't really – I'm like 70% confident he makes those adjustments. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Todd in this one. And, um, yeah, this is yeah, – we're right – we're split on every one so far. <laughs> that's perfect. I, I like it. Yeah. Oh, that's ex- well, this is exciting. Expect, right? This is, this is exciting the, broadcast. I think – yeah, I think Todd's team gets on the – gets a big win here and basically forces Chad into cell mode. Yeah, well, Todd, I've got you number two in this matchup, but oh, don't worry. Go. Nice try. Trade, trade deadline approaching. I see what's happening. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the next matchup we're going to talk about here. Sorry, I'm just writing down my prediction. Uh, is your matchup, you and Whammer. And this is another one. You look at the projections, it's like it's within four points right now. I know, you know, things change, and I don't really put a lot of weight into uh, Yahoo's fantasy predict- predictions or any other site's projections. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is, and you guys are projected a really tight matchup. 
uh, you need to win, right? You want to get back into the in the winning column here and move back up into the up in the standings to you know a, a nice favorable matchup in the first week of the playoffs. Should we get there? And uh, and Whammer also needs to get a win. He's kind of you know he was one of the favorites coming into the season, and he, and it's not really playing out as everybody kind of thought it would. So a um, couple things for watch to watch on your team. We got Smokey Brown with his knee injury. If, if he's going to be back 100, percent and Crowder's got a hammy injury. So you know your receivers could be late if both those guys miss time. Chris Carson, we talked about him earlier. Is he going to play? And uh, you know we talk about like the Steelers Cowboys game. If James Conner and Deontay Johnson, he's got both those guys in his lineup. And if the Steelers get up big for whatever reason, it could be a case where the offensive players in Pittsburgh don't really produce fantasy wise. Um, this is another really tight one, but I think I think Whammer's got too much depth. I'm sorry to do it, buddy. I'm picking against you. I'm going to take the Whammer. Well, you know what? I understand, and uh, I flip-flopped on this one myself. Um, you know, I'm always reluctant to pick my own team. Uh, I might have jinxed myself last week when I said that Christian was probably going to beat me because, uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably did. But uh, it depends a lot. As things stand right now, my prediction is that uh, I'm going to get back in the win column, and uh, it's going to be a close one, but I'm going to pull it out. But it depends a lot on those things you talked about. Um, you know, John Brown, it sounds like he's good to go. He had a, it sounds like he had a maintenance day yesterday. Uh, going up against Seattle, this could be the chance for him to get back on the right side of things too, because when he's been in the game, I don't know if it's just playing with injury and he's been more of a diversion, but he hasn't had many targets lately. Uh, Jameson Crowder, he's barely been in the lineup this season with injuries, but when he is, you know, they're just feeding him the ball over and over again. So I'm hoping that he's, he's good to go. Um, but the one player that it really comes down to for me is Chris Carson. If I don't have Chris Carson, I don't feel good at all about my chances. If I do, he's going up against a Bills team that uh, has not been able to stop much on defense this year. So if all those guys, or even if just Carson are good to go, I'm standing by my team. No, I like, like that confidence all the way. Well, you know, it didn't work to be uh, didn't work to be modest last week. So screw everybody else. We're taking it to the house. Here we go. Um, all right, we got another. Uh, well, this is kind of a stinker matchup, actually. Sorry, Grant, to uh, burst your bubble there, but you're rebuilding. That's great. Marty's trying to scrape things, keep things on the keep things on the rail, trying to keep pace. He's sitting in a good position right now, but he's all of a sudden he's got some injuries to deal with. And uh, like you mentioned, he's going on vacation, or maybe he's on it already. So I'm not sure if he'll, he's he's going to be able to set his lineups or hear our hear our analysis or anything like that. But uh, <clears throat> Grant, you're trying to play spoiler, and I respect it. Um, some things to watch, though, for Marty's team, especially, is uh, some key performances. He might have Chris Godwin back. I'm not sure. He's been doing the walkthroughs, but uh, he hasn't been catching any football, so I wouldn't expect him to be. Um, the running back situation all of a sudden is huge. He's got Devin Singletary and James White not you know, instilling a lot of confidence there, but you never know what's going to happen. Um the big one for him is Josh Allen. He's going up against Seattle. This is a defense that's making other people look good. Allen's one of the best in the league, but he needs to start playing like it. Uh, for Grant's team, really, it's the wide receivers. He's got uh, Sammy Watkins, Tim Patrick, and Humphreys all questionable. Nobody, I don't think there's any clarity yet on what's going to happen. If any or all those guys end up not playing, I'm not sure Grant's team has the depth right now to replace them. So hopefully he's uh, watching the waiver wire closely and keeping an eye on things. 
but I'm going to say Martz. Yeah, Martz I am as well. I think it, I mean Marty needs to win this matchup, and he needs the Bills to kind of go off because his team is so dependent on that Buffalo squad. Um, I was talking to Marty today. He's horseback riding in the forest in BC, but he is on his phone, and I'm sure he's going to have a full lineup and, and make any trades he can before the lineup or before the deadline there. Um, and as far as Grant, I mean, you're just hoping for you know positive results and, and things to look feel good about. You're hoping Drew Locke has another really good game, and it's kind of a piece you can build around and. And yeah, some of his other young players, hopefully they do some some good things and he finds some keepers here moving forward into uh, the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Marty in that one though, for sure. Uh, our next matchup right is on. between Bednar and Henniger. And I, this one, I looked at the matchup today and I was kind of shocked to see the projection had them within like 15 points. I know that uh, um, Henniger's team's kind of mm-hmm. beat up. We don't know if Michael Thomas is playing or not. And Zeke is kind of in or out or, you know, does he feel like playing or is he just going to, you know, put the uniform on and go through the motions? And uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think Henniger's team is going to be too much for Bednar to, t- to, to hang with. And then in the end, he's going to win. But uh, it could be interesting as far as the, the Lions game. Like we talked about Galladay being out and it seemed like when he went out, you know, if Stafford plays, uh, it seemed like Stafford really locked in on Hawkinson. He had 10 targets last week and uh, he could be in line for some big, big games down the stretch here. So, you know, if he goes off for Bednar, it could be a, a fun matchup, but I think uh, Henniger's team's too much. And, and I want to say a shout-out. We meant to do this on Tuesday. Happy belated birthday, Craig. He turned 40, and it's actually Henniger's birthday today, so happy birthday to you, even though I hope your Titans always lose and your fantasy team loses. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I am <laughs> yeah, taking, happy uh, birthday, taking boys. Henniger in this matchup. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I am, uh, I'm going to go with Mike's mustache, Team Henniger. Um, one interesting thing, and maybe you just said this and I totally spaced out and missed it, but, uh, the only quarterback that's active on Henniger's team is Taysom Hill right now. Um, both of his, both of his regular guys are on my, so unless he's, yeah, so, so he's got the, uh, he's got the talent across the positions that the, the projection is still pretty close, but that can always hurt you unless, you know, maybe he's got some kind of backroom deal going on that we don't know about and we'll have to break some news next week but uh it's gonna be interesting to see because you know you mentioned drew Brees. drew Brees has a sore shoulder but obviously if he's out it's not going to be hill under center it's probably going to yeah, be yeah. uh famous Jameis. so um oh yeah so we'll see what happens but yeah i'm with you i'm i'm going <laughs> yeah, on the mustache ride and uh yeah sorry <clears throat> sorry for missing out on the birthday on tuesday craig it sounds like it was a good one though and uh Hmm. Well, Christian, yeah. yeah, good for you. Big winner. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, not too much to say about this. We've got Jones for a title coming off the high score of the week. And, uh, you know, stun punts coming off of their powerhouse win. Uh, some things to watch. Well, I thought I thought we had to watch if Breida was going to be the main back in Miami. But uh, we got the news today that that's not happening. So <laughs> no point talking about that. But, uh, you know, we have Antonio Brown. This was a recent acquisition of the Stun Punts, and this is their first opportunity to play. Hopefully Christian's listening, and he takes him off his bench since he uh, traded away his best uh, quarterback. For do you have a it might plan, be nice man. to put like, him in your lineup. You're rebuilding, you tore right down. You add all these picks, you finally get a rookie quarterback. Like, what else are you looking for, man? You get a rookie quarterback who's putting up numbers right away. <laughs> this is a building block for a rebuilding team. And you sling it for AB and some other jobber and some more picks. Ugh. What is the plan? 
Well, hopefully the plan right now is to, uh, you know, fill in the roster. I I did notice before tonight's football game that uh, he might have forgotten to put Jimmy Garoppolo on IR and move Phillip Rivers to the quarterback slot. But, uh, you know, there's always a chance you could pull off another, you know, two miracles in one week. That's possible, I guess, right? But, uh, yeah, you know, if you're listening, buddy, good for you for winning last week. But don't give up now. Get your lineup set play spoiler give craig the belated birthday present he deserves a feeling like a worthless loser <laughs> i'm picking like geister on that yeah I'm taking on that geister. note i'm picking geister also this is gonna that. be the last <laughs> of the week he's gonna crush them they're gonna he's probably gonna double his score because craig's team is just oh. on fire um geez speaking of x-locks man is your stomach okay over there or like is do you have a dead raccoon under your desk or something <laughs> something's not smelling what? right is, that, so. is this a, a bear's jab again or is this just no, I'm just you know the nose don't lie. I don't have COVID. Um, so guess what? I did another one of our polls. I uh, I sent a message out, and this time I included you in it to give you some time to think about it. With our trade deadline approaching, it's coming up in like two weeks here, November 21st, and uh, our league has just been going crazy with trades. There's been all kinds of action. We talked about Christian moving Justin Herbert, and uh, he ended up going to to uh, TJ's team and. In a trade where uh, DK Metcalf ended up on Craig's, it's it's kind of crazy, but it's it's happening and and guys are moving all over the place. We're seeing tons of trades and guys are filling lineups. And I sent a trade out for a team D today, and was the guy told me I've got four offers for this D, and I'm going to ride them out for a couple more weeks. And it, it's just you know this is the time of year, and and people are trying to fill their their lineups for the playoff race. Um, so yeah, I sent out this poll question, short story long, and basically. Um, I asked everybody, you know, <laughs> since you've been in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, what is one of your or what is your favorite trade that you've made? And what is, uh, you know, any regrets you've had, any trades you regret making? And uh, it was kind of funny to see some of the responses. Some guys like we've this league is 15 years old and some guys brought up some trades that are pretty old. So, uh, yeah, I'll go through all these. And then if you want to add yours at the end, how's that sound? Cool. So, uh, sure. so we'll start yeah, with Bednar here. Oh, I just lost it. Um, Bednar said, I regret too many trades to count. <laughs> Mostly because I'm an idiot and listen to you. Point in case you have Mahomes and Kamara. But the trade for Bell and AB hurt me bad when I was trying to make a super team. Those two, two terrible trades were both to Whammer and he took my capital and made a great team. So that's Bednar's. That's Bednar and two T. Yeah. Uh, Christian, yeah. He, uh, he said, I have so many trades I can't remember, which is also Christian to a T. <laughs> uh henniger's answer was that's easy gronk to craig so this trade was i think craig's first or second year in the league and craig got all hot and horny about adding having jimmy graham and gronkowski on his team at the same time he didn't think it was possible it was at the time when they were both like the kings of the tight end and uh craig traded Mm -hmm. gronk or for gronk he traded d jack in his prime plus three first and three thirds and uh which is a you know looking back just a crazy trade for a tight end and uh, and he says he doesn't regret any. Some are good, some are bad, but I've got four rings, so I have no regrets. So he fits that into every conversation he can. And why wouldn't he? Uh, Whammer, he said, where to begin? <laughs> Darius Geis and a pair of fives for Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. That was uh, in the offseason this year, and that was to me. I was convinced Brady was retiring. I figured Edelman would be useless. So I And I like Darius Geis as a talent. So I, you know what I said? I need some fives. I need some draft picks. I think Brady's retiring. This is a no-brainer for me. And Tom Brady goes to the Bucks and builds a super team, and I've been regretting that one ever since. Um, and he also brought up a trade that was a few years old, Felix Jones for Ray Rice. That was between Craig and Whammer. Whammer got Ray Rice for Felix Jones straight up. 
it was just one of those things where, yeah, yeah, that's what everybody wow. else said. It was one of those things where, you know, Craig had a crush on Felix Jones and, and he didn't value Ray Rice. I don't know if it was size or what it was. I mean, there, I can't remember the other running back. It was Willis McGahee was the other guy in Baltimore at the time. But, there, you know, it was still, it was a, you know, split, yeah. split in the load. And, and he didn't think Ray Rice would be what he was. So that was a, a big one. And uh, some of his regret, regrettable trades, sorry. Don't love the trade they made with TJ this offseason, uh, which was the one where he ended up trading two, like the first overall pick and the third overall pick for four keepers that uh, were what? It was Hunter Henry, AJ Green, Teddy Bridgewater, and Kenyon Drake. And we kind of know how all their seasons have played out. And Todd ended up getting Joe Burrow and uh, one of the two running backs, Hilaire or Taylor. So, uh, yeah, Whammy regrets that one. But, you know, he's, he's got a good team this year. He's in the hunt. And so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Kevin's answer was the worst trade. And the one that keeps looking every, every year, it looks different every year story, was the one where he traded Dak to Grant. So he traded Dak Prescott to Grant in a trade for – Marcus Mariota. And this is when Mariota came off his, I think he was out of his rookie year. And, you know, he looked like one of the mobile quarterbacks, one of the fantasy darlings and he traded Dak for him. And, uh, and he did say, you know, Dak won me my first title in my first year in the season or first. So Kevin won the league his first year in the season, which is kind of unheard of. And he won it because he had Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and he scooped Dak up late in the draft. But yeah, he regrets trading that uh, Dak Prescott to, to grant for Mariota for sure. And I don't blame him. Todd's favorite trade. This was a year one trade. Like none of us knew anything about fantasy football at the time. He traded Rex Grossman straight up for Ty Law, the safety for the New England Patriots. It was, yeah, a guy in our league. We called him Cream Soda. We played baseball with a guy, Mike Robinson. He's a beauty of a human, but he doesn't know anything about fantasy football. And he, you know, he was a Patriots fan casually. He loved Ty Law for whatever reason. And Todd got wind of this in the dugout one day and sent him an offer for a starting quarterback. And it was the year where Rex Grossman led the Bears to the Super Bowl, and uh, he was a top-three quarterback that year, so that was absolutely his favorite. Uh, but Todd does have some regrets. He traded me uh, Antonio Brown for a 3-4 in the offseason one year, and he traded away DeAndre Hopkins to Craig for you know mid-round picks because he had better options in the keepers. Uh, well, he felt like he did anyway, so uh, he regrets those two trades, choosing other guys in keepers. And that's a big part of our league, right? We, we're down to six keepers, and, and, and guys make moves you know, based on value and who they can keep and how long they can keep them now with contracts. So, uh, yeah, Todd regrets those. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig has a nice long-winded message here, just like a geeker we know. Uh, my first trade with Bedner was great for a team starting out. Minnesota's Favre, Shianko, uh, Liddell Betts, and uh, four, Matt Stafford, who was on the IR for his blown-up shoulder, and LaShawn McCoy. So he traded away the old Vikings and got a young Matt Stafford and a rookie McCoy. He was very happy with that one. Uh, he, he hmm. mentions the uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade. He got a DeAndre Hopkins from a 3-4 three, four, three, four from Todd. It worked out really nice for me. Bad ones, definitely trading Ray Rice in his prime to Whammer. So I love that they both remembered that one. Uh, and totally thought that Felix, mm. he says, he's trying to justify it here. Totally thought that Felix Jones was going to have a great year in Dallas and finish somewhere not too fine, not too far behind Ray Rice on the season. Rice, Rice did what he did in his prime that year, and Jones got injured in like week four. Uh, <laughs> Marty... Des Bryant for a two. So this was uh. like when Des Bryant made the comeback with the Saints a few years ago, and he traded him to Henniger for a two. And then we know that what happened. Des got hurt in the first practice and never played a game. So that's you know one of the great moves for Marty for sure, just finding a two. And I think he even scooped him up off waivers. Like it was he had him on his roster for two days, won the the fab bid, and then traded him for a two, and then he died, which is uh, one of the great moves for Marty. Uh, but he regrets mo- removing <laughs> Lamar Jackson. That was a big trade for Marty. He was in contention last year. And uh, felt like Lamar, you know, an unproven 
quarterback at the time. He traded him in a package for Matt Ryan. And uh, he ended up trading, I think it was Lamar. What was the trade? He got, he traded Lamar Jackson in a first round pick for Matt Ryan and to Chad. And Chad ended up, that first round pick ended up being the first overall pick in our lottery. And Chad ended up taking Kyler Murray. So he got in that trade for Matt Ryan. He got Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson. So that was Marty's biggest regret. And then Chad's very next. And that was his favorite trade ever is obviously trade Matt Ryan for Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, which is pretty ridiculous when you look back. <laughs> uh, and Grant's favorite trade was the one that Kevin mentioned, getting uh, Dak Prescott for Marietta. And then his favorite trade also was trading for Camara when he got Camara in the offseason. And then the trade he regrets is trading away Camara before the season started. Um, and also trading – he traded for Tim Tebow right before he got concussed and his career ended. That's just, you know, some bad luck when, when somebody dies right when you, when you trade for him. Uh, Steve didn't have an answer originally, and then we kind of held off and doing this poll until the second week or the second podcast of the week, and he gave me an answer, and he kind of rubbed it in my face because he traded me for Big Ben, and he said, oh, yeah, and you threw in Roby Anderson, who's uh, obviously one of the top receivers in the league. So good on Steve for rubbing that in on me, and he's, you know, he's happy with the trades he's made so far, and he's, he also, you know, he says, I'm learning a lot about fantasy football. I'm really enjoying the league and all the owners, and uh, I'm hoping to do better, but it is what it is, and he hopes to be part of the league for a long time, and I hope he is too. He seems to be a really good owner. Uh, one more to go, yeah, Andrew, and then sure, we'll yeah. do ours here, buddy. It's uh, Tim. Tim said his favorite is when I trade him Pat Mahomes in two weeks, which is <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and, but he actually <laughs> says, I love getting rid of Jamal Williams for Alan Lazard. So uh, that was just a couple of days ago with him and Craig where he traded away Jamal Williams because Craig had has Aaron Jones and wasn't sure about his status a couple of weeks ago. And he has uh, wide receiver depth, so he was able to uh, you know get rid of Alan Lazard without worrying about it, and Tim was happy to have him. So uh, he's, he says that's one of his favorites so far, and he can't think of a worst. Um, I thought Tim was going to bring up the fact that I traded him Russell Wilson for like Frank Gordon and pieces that didn't work out, but uh, he didn't bring that up, thankfully. Um my favorite trade was when I traded – or sorry, no, I'll let you go. I just, I just spoke a lot. You go, and then I'll go. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, my voice is all rested now. It sounds fresh as a daisy. Um, it's so funny listening to some of those and some of the names that come up that you might have never thought about again oh, for the for rest sure. of your life, hey? And uh, I, I found that when I was looking backwards um, – over the history of the few years that I've been in the league and checking out some of the trades I've made and looking at some of the trades in and you see players' names and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy played football. Um, <clears throat> my all-time favorite trade was uh, last season. Early on in the season, I sent uh, – I had Mark Ingram, who, you know, was a touchdown machine. I had Andy Dalton, who was my third quarterback. I had uh, I had Jameis Winston and Ben Roethlisberger as my weekly starters, and I sent those and a six round pick to uh, Tim for Josh Jacobs. Uh, apparently, Trey Quinn. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> yeah, but, he's a receiver uh, for the person, apparently. Washington Football and, Team. Right? Uh, oh, it's... yeah, the Saints, right? Yeah, I think he's a. Is he on there? The oh, wow! There you go. And uh, and a third rounder. So I ended up getting Jacobs, a young running back. Uh, he was the, I think, the first, first or se- he must have been the second pick in our uh, draft. And I ended up getting a third rounder for my sixth rounder. And uh, you know, it worked. Tim was chasing chasing the league, and he wanted uh, wanted the touchdowns. Dalton, I sent over, and he got hurt pretty quickly because Cincinnati couldn't pass block anybody. But uh, that worked out for me. So thank you, Tim. Um, 
And I do want to mention my my second favorite was uh, there was a trade that Marty and I made a few years ago. And as a throw-in, he offered me Jimmy Garoppolo just to sit on my bench. And he was Tom Brady's backup at that time. He played only a couple of games. And the next morning I woke up and out of nowhere there's news. Jimmy Garoppolo just got traded to San Francisco and he's a starting quarterback. And Marty was pretty livid. He'd had Jimmy G sitting on his oh, bench for a few years, I think. Jimmy doing G. It was like nothing. all about and, him taking over, and he, he did. He held on to him for a really long time, longer than, than I would have and a lot of other people. And, yeah, the next day. <laughs> yeah, like 24 hours. And there was no talk at all of him getting traded. And they had already uh, – They'd already traded uh, Jacoby Brissett to the Colts, so everybody thought, okay, they're just going to hold on to him. But, yeah, I guess there was some friction between him and Brady, and now the Patriots have nobody. Well, Cam, but nobody they used to have. Uh, But the two deals that uh, I do not like, they both involved (laughs) Marty, and uh, it was kind of some fantasy. It was kind of some fantasy karma, um, I think, for the Jimmy G, because it was the year after. I was uh, I was a middling team, but I kept just getting dirty wins and, and figured, what the heck, you know, anything can happen, so I'm going to go chase it. Uh, Garoppolo got hurt, so I sent him back to Marty. He was on IR for the year. I don't know if you remember oh, that play where he faked going out of bounds yep. and jumped back in and just got killed. And so I sent Marty uh, Garoppolo and uh, Nick Chubb, who at that time was, you know, he was getting two carries a game with the Browns. Um, Carlos Hyde was carrying the load and a first rounder and a third rounder. And in return, I got, uh, I got Jameis Winston. I got Devin Funches. I got Miles Garrett and I got a ninth rounder and a 13th rounder. So definitely it was a trade made in desperation. I needed a win that week and I needed a quarterback. Um, I think my other quarterback was on by that week and I was just, you know, had to get somebody in. And a couple of weeks later, Carlos Hyde got traded, and all of a sudden, Nick Chubb is a, a stud in the league. Later that season, I had Lamar Jackson sitting on my bench. I had drafted him as a rookie. He hadn't seen any playing time, and the Fal- or the, the Falcons, the Ravens are doing well. Didn't look like he was going to see any action till at least the next year. And, uh, you know, an opportunity came up. So I traded Marty Lamar Jackson, a second rounder and a fifth rounder. And in return, I got Chris Carson. I got T.Y. Hilton, Cam Brate and T.J. Yeldon. Two weeks later, Flacco breaks his back and Lamar turns into the greatest quarterback of all time, apparently for the next year and a half. So uh, I still have Carson. So that one didn't hurt too, too much, but that year I had drafted Chubb and Lamar as my two rookies and just kind of missed the window of being, having them on my team as useful runners. So, but I love this time of year. I almost get depressed a little bit when the trade deadline passes and you just, you know, this is what we're riding with. I love making trades and I love how guys value players differently. And in our league specifically, like draft picks, some guys value them so highly and some guys, you know, get rid of them every year and everything fluctuates all the time. And, and uh, I just I, I I really love making trades and seeing how different guys val- are, de- are valued by different people. Uh, my favorite trade of all time. I mean, Todd mentioned one of them was the the AB trade. I traded him for mid round picks to get Antonio Brown, and he went off. And I remember that off season. I remember I was at you know I was at uh, a bar downtown with uh, Marty and Whammer, and we were just after a Jays game, and uh, we were at Real Sports, and the ticker was going around. And it was right around the time when the the Steelers were supposed to extend Mike Wallace, and that was what everybody was expecting. 
And then on the ticker, it says Antonio Brown signed six year, whatever, $67 million deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I was like, look at these idiots, man. They work at a sports bar and they put the wrong receiver's name on the board. And sure enough, the Steelers locked him up. And I'm like, man, what's going on here? Like, I thought it was supposed to be Mike Wallace. I know the Steelers know receivers and they, they know what they're doing and they, they locked this guy up. So something must be on, going on. So I went home that day and sent out trade offers to Todd and I ended up landing him right before he became, you know, the Hall of Fame talent that he was with uh, Big Ben. So that's definitely one of mine. But my, my, my number one favorite trade of all time is I traded uh, Ben Tate and Mark Ingram in his rookie year. This was 2011, I look back. And uh, at the time, Mark Ingram, like I said, he was a rookie, so he had some value there, but he really didn't do anything that season. He finished the year with like 470 yards rushing. And Ben Tate was backing up Arian Foster at the time, and he was, you know, he's one of the stronger handcuffs, but he was nothing more than that. I think he had like 800 or 900 yards rushing, but, you know, mm-hmm. he, was, he was the handcuff. Arian Foster was the bell cow. And I traded them both for Marshawn Lynch. It was a two-for-one deal, and it was right when Marshawn Lynch started to establish himself in Seattle. And, and he wasn't beast mode quite yet, but that was the year he became beast mode because he finished the season with 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. But the reason it was my favorite is because the next day we played flag football, and I was on a team with uh, Todd and Whammer and Grant, and I think uh, Marty was there. And anyways, there was a few other people in our league, uh, Matt Norton at the time, and every one of them ripped me. They're like, what are you thinking? How do you trade for Marshawn Lynch? He's washed up. He's finished. And everybody thought I made a terrible trade, and it turned out to be the opposite. And so it's one of those, like, you know, look what I did kind of things. And, you know, you pat yourself on the back. But that was one of my favorite trades for sure. Um, I don't like Henniger. very similar there. I don't have a lot of re- trades I regret. It might be James Robinson this year, man. I did not think he's going to continue to be the running back he is. But, uh, yeah, looking back, I mean, you make trades, you value guys at the time, you feel like it's the right move, and it doesn't always play out how you want. So I really don't regret a lot of trades I've made. Yeah, maybe one of these days we'll have to uh, we'll have to go back, you and I, and look at some of the some of the trade histories and find a couple like that where at the time it probably seemed, you know, completely one sided in one direction, and then maybe in a year or two you realize that the guy who you thought got fleeced ended up actually getting yep, the steal in that deal. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, this this quick little Thursday episode has turned into a a full time or episode here. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate uh, all the support we're getting. We're almost at 200 200 years, which is pretty good because we're halfway through our first season. Yeah, exactly. That's 400 years. Exactly. And I only I've only had 100 of those lessons. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, remember, if you've got any questions or anything you want to uh, anything you want us to talk about, you can email us at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com or you can send us a voice message. Um, if you need the message link, you can email and ask for that or uh, I'll I'll put it in the show description. So if you look below the episode, you should be able to find it there. And, yeah, we uh, do. We and I actually challenge you. you. I challenge anybody listening to this podcast, send us voice messages, send us emails. We're looking for anything that can you know, become content. We're not saying it's going to get used for sure, but we hope we do. And we'll have some fun with it. And uh, until then, everybody set your falcon. Mm-hmm.